Welcome this to the Empty Glass Podcast. I Did you not hear me? Yeah, I couldn't hear you. That was weird. I said, and I couldn't hear you because you said that. I said, this is Matt, and then you didn't say anything, and I was like, this is Stefan, woo. Holy crap. No, I didn't hear you come through at all. That was weird. Cool. We're now down to one viewer. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. So how's it going, bro? Good. Uh, so welcome, everyone, to today's uh Today's episode of Empty Glass, where we'll be exclusively talking about the hit movie Morbius uh, and how no. phenomenal. I'm kidding. Fuck that. <laughs> I yeah, watch. No I watch a lot of movies. I watch a lot of dumb movies. I'm burnt out on Marvel, and I am certainly burnt out on Jared Leto, and have absolutely below zero interest in watching that movie. You know me too. I just don't care. Well, you haven't cared about Marvel stuff too much in a while. I, I've certainly hit my wall. Like the Doctor Strange movie, I'm semi fascinated in. Like I'm not invested in watching it, but I may watch it only because it's Sam Raimi, uh, and I think he can breathe a little bit of fresh life into uh, into the movie because Sam Raimi is just like really quirky in his filmmaking. Absolutely, I think Sam and- Raimi is like the reason why the original. Well, obviously, like Spider Man kind of takes from Evil Dead and. I don't know. He's just, a, he definitely makes vibey films. The thing is, is uh, he makes just really good campy films. And I think comic books are campy, um, especially with the, in my opinion, failed approach of No Way Home of we're going to laugh and joke about, you know, this guy's name being Dr. Otto Octavius, like, you know, nudging at the audience. Like, isn't this shit funny? Where Sam Raimi, he doesn't make fun of it. He just rolls with it. Like, it's corny. It's enjoyable, and it's. I think that's the way to go with it. Like, if you're if you're gonna have a corny situation, if you're gonna have fucking Benedict Cumberbatch in 2022 with a goatee and a giant red cape, make it corny. Let's go for it. I'm down. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that was kind of the draw to Spider-Man, like the Sam Raimi movies, and I always think back to the Doctor Doc Ock scene where like the arms come alive on the Doctor, which is just straight Evil Dead, and it's, which is that just is straight like, Evil Dead and like straight up horror movie type stuff. And yeah, I'm excited to see more of that. I think he's going to bring some more of that to the table for sure. Um, yeah, or just you know, a lot of these Marvel movies just there's there's only a certain bit of them that I can really say has a voice in it because all of them just feel so similar. Um, that is Ragnarok, Takahashi, Quirky, uh, James Gunn, obviously for Guardians of the Galaxy. And um, I guess Captain America Civil War. I mean, that's still kind of generic spy thriller, but it's it's just a well-made movie. So, no, I would actually only put, I guess, Ragnarok and the Guardians of the Galaxies as like movies that kind of stick out aside from everyone else. Um, I don't I forgot if I said this directly the last time, but I'm pretty sure the director who did the No Way Home movies those movies would have not been as popular and not as good if Spider-Man wasn't so strong of a character. I think if he was given any other Marvel character, those movies would have bombed pretty hard. Yeah. Cause he didn't really do anything too new with any of them. And that's not his fault. You know, you have these producers in the background saying, okay, we need Tobey Maguire included. We need Andrew Garfield included. We need, I feel like I'm repeating myself. I think I said this last time, but it's just one of the situations. You said Andrew McGarfield again. I heard. I, I I know I did in my head. I said it. <laughs> Andrew McGarfield, guys, only yeah. on NBC. Andrew McGarfield, uh, he's gonna get that damn dog, oh, uh, Toby M- McOtis. <laughs> All right. So anyway, how's your <laughs> oh <my> week? <laughs> it's been good, man. How about you? Good. Um, I've been playing 
you know, update last time we were, I was talking about what video game I should get. And you said I should get the tiny Tina wonderlands, not borderlands. Tiny, tiny, tiny Tina, Tina's one wonderland wonderlands, another hit video game starring, uh, Ash Williams, not Ash Williams, but the girl from Ash, what you play in? Is it Ash Williams? I don't know. You, you know what I'm talking about? The, Hey Ash, what you playing? I think so. What do you mean you think so? Those were like hit. You showed me that shit. I swear to, like, swear to God. Huh. Maybe. Ash Williams is, I think, from the Evil Dead, actually. Ashley Birch. Birch. Um, I don't know. I, I'll send you this the videos uh, later, but they were old school. Like, you know, the brother would come in like, hey, that's what you're playing. She's like, I'm playing Star Wars and had like a funny voice, but mm, whatever. <laughs> so anyway, she's voice actress of Aloy and Horizon, and she is a voice actress for Tiny Tina. Wow. Uh, I know I've said it on a previous podcast, but you know, we're on Twitch now, so I can kind of reiterate. I fucking hated Borderlands 3. <laughs> yeah. It, it was fairly competent gameplay wise. Uh, Story wise, it fucked over every single previously established character. Uh, I came out of it disliking pretty much every character that I previously loved. Uh, I was very glad that this game pretty much does not bring back too many new characters. It only handpicks a couple here and there. Um, but it mostly was just its own game. The writing is, you know, the writing for Borderlands, it's either you like it or you don't. Uh, but definitely in Borderlands 3, the writing took a huge dive down. Like, it was it was not clever. It wasn't funny too much. This one is still stupid humor, but it's it's funny. Like, you can finally customize your character from the start. You don't pick from the template, whatever. And then you can also give different kind of voices. So my guy's really deep-pitched like barbarian guy who's like whenever he's been walking for too much he's like a left all right yes that'll do and i'm like that kind of shit makes me laugh i'm like okay yeah i've played i played skyrim and shit where you're just running around forever and yeah the main character is gonna be a fucking big oaf that's like my left foot not my right foot yes and he's so <laughs> satisfied about it i just i love it it's stupid it's great nice yeah, and then uh, gameplay-wise, it, it refined a lot of things because Borderlands 3 didn't feel refined. It felt like it was fairly rushed out at the end. It's just a lot of... It just didn't feel good. It didn't feel good to play. Uh, this one definitely does feel good. It's added some, like... It's added spells because it has an RPG element to it, like a actual board game, like D&D. Uh, and it actually has some interesting locations. Like, there's this one area you get to where you find a beanstalk, and this beanstalk's like... Hey, uh, throw me over here. I want to be able to grow. It's like, okay, and this is a side quest, so you can actually just skip this bar altogether, but you throw the beanstalk, and then it fucking takes over this entire town, and then you have a whole area that's just a giant beanstalk where you ride down vines and shit in the clouds. I'm like, that's great. That's fun. It's fun, which is the main thing. That sounds fun. Yeah, I think um, Borderlands 3 kind of belongs in that area where it was that Yeah, the trash bin. Yeah. No, it was that awkward generation right before PS5 and Xbox Series X and like all the new stuff that we have. So they were trying to make a game that's like super new and like has all these things. But if you played it on on old generation hardware, it probably played like shit. I'm okay. I did play on old generation hardware. I played on the PS4 and then I played on PS5. Both of them are unsatisfactory to play. Wow. Is it just doesn't run good or what? Or is it just simply the story? Listen, do not give any bit of credit to the fact that it was in between console shifts. Randy Pitchford, who was the CEO of Gearbox at the time, 
cut a lot of fucking corners. He was a shitty CEO. Like this is the dude who like when revealing Borderlands three is like, Hey, instead of showing you gameplay or talking about the game, I'm going to show you fuckers my magic tricks. Cause he was very proud of his magic tricks. And I, I swear to God, this guy wanted to be a magician more than an actual game CEO. That's so weird. Yeah. I, I seriously recommend looking into it if you're curious because he's just like the shittiest fucking dude. Like everyone hated him essentially. And like that's Borderlands 3 kind of suffered because of it because there's just so many corners cut and like writing and gameplay and just everything. It's just not a good game by any means. Uh, granted, I do have a friend who Borderlands 3 is the only Borderlands game he has played. So to him, it's not bad. And I can see that. I can see it not being bad for someone who doesn't have any context, you know, because one is. One is completely eclipsed by Borderlands 2 because Borderlands 2 is the quintessential Borderlands for a lot of people, including myself. Uh, but I'm actually enjoying this current game probably more than Borderlands 2 because it's not as bloated. It's, it is a little bit smaller. In my opinion, it is still worth the $60 or $70 price tag it has. Um, but Borderlands 2 is just like absurdly big, especially if they want you like trying out different characters or classes. Like it just it gets really exhausting. Um, not to mention, along with Tiny Tina, a fan favorite being like with you along the game the entire time because she's the DM. She's pretty much telling you everything that's happening. You have uh, Andy Samberg and Wanda Sykes, who are also like involved in the game too, and they have commentary going on like pretty much everything you do. And I like it. I like their commentary. I thought Andy Samberg and Wanda Sykes were excellent additions to just kind of have as commentary. Like it's just really funny to include that. Nice. And then so would three. You, would, to- you, would you consider? tiny tina's border wonderlands like borderlands 3 in your brain no i just said i liked it didn't i (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) but like would you retcon 3 no it's definitely not like a continuation of anything it's its own thing cool kind of like the zombie island and stuff yeah i guess so like i'm glad they actually called it tiny tina's wonderlands because aside from the core gameplay mechanic which, like I said, has enough differences in this one that kind of make it fresh. Uh, it, it's really not too identifiable to a Borderlands game. Aside, like I said, the commentary, the characters, and the game gameplay are there, but coherently, it's not a part of that story. It's not telling anything greater. Oh, and also, Will Arnett is the bad guy, and he's hilarious. Just nice. Also, wanted to put that out there because he's really funny. Um, but no, Borderlands Borderlands Three suffered from trying to take itself too seriously, and uh, fucking butt fucking themselves in the way falling down the stairs like they I don't know how they did it but they fucked up because Borderlands 2 is goofy but a lot of people a lot of fans including myself were still very invested in the story and there was even a couple like sad moments and then Borderlands 3 just like we're gonna try to take things seriously and just fucked it up like it's like tripping falling down a well but that well was also previously filled with a bunch of landmines and a nuke and also it's in Russia like that's that's how fucked it was (laughs) Well, damn. Speaking of things that are also fucked, um, are you aware of this thing called HDCP? I've never been aware of anything in my life, and you know that. That's very true. But just like, you know, you being a gamer, um, also like experimenting with recording gameplay and stuff. um, Like, I don't know if you have a capture card or if you've ever like recorded games before through. I have an Elgato. Okay. Um, Have you recorded like through your console before? uh yes so you more than likely was it your ps4 or ps5 oh okay yes yes i'm i'm caught up with you now yes so just for the listeners um what i'm getting at is that when you record over hdmi you have to disable this 
thing called HDCP. It stands for High Bandwidth Digital Content Protection. And mm -hmm. um, what it basically does is it keeps people from using stuff like an Elgato or any kind of HDMI capture device from stealing anything from like Netflix or, you know, pirating movies, basically. Um, so when you have HDCP disabled, you won't be able to use your streaming apps like Netflix or Hulu or what the fuck ever. So uh, Rose, my favorite streaming service. Yeah, right. Or Paramount Plus, everybody's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Rose brought a TV from her rental home that she's had for a while. And it's like a six-year-old, 65-inch Samsung smart TV. Slightly glitchy. Oh, more than slightly glitchy. But here's the thing. We fixed the weird, odd, gl like, visual glitches that were happening by putting the right power cable into the, you know, TV. Because they, they all have that universal, like, PlayStation 2 power cable. And so we, we put the right one in there, and that stopped all that shit. But... It still, it like got into a loop of basically saying that HDCP is not enabled on this TV. So oh. I went through all the hell of like trying to find an update, which they don't update that TV anymore. It's six years old. Samsung's thinking, well, if they've had it for six years, they're probably not going to have it much longer. They'll probably get something else or a new TV. And, um... I, I tried everything in the world, right? And I'm like, dude, I'm like fucking, I'm out of options. The only thing I can do is use the TV streaming apps, which are a lot of them are like outdated and they don't even load like content on Netflix or Hulu or what the fuck. They don't even have a Paramount Plus app on this Samsung TV because it's a six-year-old Samsung smart TV. Yeah, so, and it's smart. It's so smart, right? Okay, anyway, um, here's the fix. You turn on the TV... And then when it gives you that error, you unplug it and you plug it back in. And it fixes it every time. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? So my workaround is that I'm going to get another Google Home or an Alexa and stop. Sorry, I set off my you know who. And uh, oh, <laughs> I'm yeah. going to I'm going to fucking hook up my TV to that and then name it like TV so I can tell the you know who or the Google to turn off and on the TV because then it will have a full power cycle each time. I have no idea why, but from what I've read, it's because now HDCP is at 2.2 and that TV only supports 1.4. And I'm like, wow, there's so many people out there in the world who are probably fucked right now because nobody can explain to them. And I guess like unplugging it and plugging it back in trips it out and literally gets it to core reset or do a hard reset if you will and it's like okay yeah i can support this content but dude for like the average joe they would just throw that fucking tv away and it's like that's so mind-boggling to me that like we have such good products nowadays nowadays but like no fucking information on stuff that's outdated even if it's slightly outdated it's pretty scary yeah i mean yeah we've had this We've had a similar conversation, but it was more for phones and like previous podcasts where um, regardless of how long phones actually last, you know, with battery life or hardware installed and stuff like that. At the end of the day, companies aren't going to waste their time updating and making sure outdate their outdated tech is still up to date because one, 
that's just a lot of useless resource. And two, it's going to keep you from buying the newest products. Like it's just, right. It, it's just the way it is, which is kind of dumb. Uh, like I could understand a battery life going down, but the whole, but yeah, it's just dumb. Honestly, stop using TVs that are over five years old. <laughs> just <laughs> you, that's, you've, been, that's you've gone so long. Because it's like, you've it's, gone so long without you, the last TV you had was from the fucking two thousands. Like, yeah, I know. I know. And even that one had less issues, which is so crazy to me. Right. So just, just buy one solid, no. don't buy a Samsung, just buy one solid TV and then, you know, have the warranty on it, have whatever receipts you need to keep, keep your receipts. I've learned my lesson the hard way. Uh, and just rip that bandit off, bro. Sell, sell the TV Rose has off of uh, let go or something like that or offer up. No, I'm not going to do that because then I am working in, I'm a cog. I'm another they're cog winning. In the system. <laughs> no, but like the reason winning. why I can't justify that is that this TV is still 4k it still has HDR. It's a 65 inch TV. It's a, it's thin. It's LED. Like it's everything that the new TVs are. It's just not. It just has its quirks. And Samsung TVs for me in the past have always had their quirks. They've always fucked up one way or another. Every single Samsung TV. Now I think they make like the best looking TVs. Agreed. For sure. Like colors, accuracy, everything. But they are made of dog shit. I would say the Roku TVs seem to last longer. I mean, I've had an LG for um, probably close to five years now myself. And it's, I don't fuck. I'm going to jinx myself so hard here. It is literally never given me trouble. Yeah. And you've had it for how long? How long have you had that panel? Dude, did you not hear me? I said probably just five years. I've lettered that. So yeah, like it's, it's the same thing. Like there's no reason to replace it if it works. And in this case, I think in my brain that if I try, if I at least just try the Alexa or Google home thing, maybe it'll just continue to work forever. So yeah, is it a situation of like hypothesis time? Is it a situation of because Samsung TVs look so good, they're pushing some hardware to the max, and so that causes a lack of uh, refinement in the product? I think so. I think it has to do with like the motherboards. And this Samsung TV is from 2016, which happened to be like kind of a bad year for Samsung. Well, I mean, if you think about it, like a TV that emits more light and, you know, pixels and stuff like that usually has more heat being generated on the interior. And so higher heat or just higher heat environment inside the TV can also interfere with the motherboard, like you said, or anything else. Yeah, so, something, I mean, just something as basic as that, really. Yeah, something's definitely wrong in my eyes on the software side of things because the TV works, the inputs work, the volume works, the picture works, but... If God help you, you turn off the TV with the remote and the TV's still plugged in. And then you go and you turn it on like a normal human being. You are going to have an error that it can't display anything because HDCP pet or the H yeah, HDCP settings are fucked. And um, the first workaround I had was to reset the TV every time I turned it on, like go through its initial like initialization setup. That wasn't fucking cool. So I found out that literally unplugging it and plugging it back in, or like if I'm going to turn off the TV, I just unplug it and then I plug it in later and it works every time. That's so dumb. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing, man. And that was uh, um, a good chunk of my free time spent 
this past week was trying to figure out how the fuck to get that TV to work. Because it's like, it's such a beautiful TV. It's, it's great. I, there's literally nothing wrong with it except that. And it, except it when it angry. goes black when you're playing Kingdom Hearts. It did that uh, because of the power cable. So since I've switched out the power cable, it doesn't do that anymore. I oh, I, I played, um, I picked up the Asa- uh, Assassin's Creed um, Ezio collection on the Switch because it's 20 bucks right now on the Switch store. Ew. Nah, I, I, I wanted to play Assassin's, Assassin's Creed on my Switch that wasn't, I'm sorry, it was that wasn't Assassin's Creed fucking Rogue or Four. I okay, like first four. of all, I like I have, Four. Look, listen, four. fucker, listen. I have never said any good praise about Rogue, so I'm just clearing that up real quick. Good. But yeah, Four, I do love. That's what Rogue I was gonna shit. say. I was gonna say Four is great. Rogue is shit. Um, and it's just that, like, yeah, Four is great, but sometimes I don't want to be a fucking pirate. I, I'm sorry, I don't really like the ship mechanic fighting stuff and. I like like traveling on the ship. That's fun. But fucking the goddamn sea warfare. I wish there was less of it. I just I'm probably in a rough spot in the game where I like have to complete um, a ship like a battle at sea. And that's why I'm just taking my time on it. But I wanted to go back to like Florence and Ezio and his story. You know, I just wanted to go back to it. It's, It's such a good feeling. And the remaster actually runs pretty good on the switch. So I'll give it that. You didn't notice that, did you? Did you dip out and come back? I left when you were talking shit about Assassin's Creed Four. <laughs> I was just oh, I didn't notice. No, I was just saying the ship the ship fighting is fucked up. And like no, it, at the time, okay, it was probably it's good. Not but now it's up. aged. You just don't like it. I just don't like it. I don't know if it's aged, but the mechanics are weird. That's the that's the thing with the fucking Arkham Knight shit that people always bitch about. Like, okay, I get it. I get this stuff with people not liking Arkham Knight. I especially get it if you played it on PC when it first came out. Like, 100%, I get why you don't like it. But, uh, people who fucking complain about, like, the Batmobile in Arkham Knight, it's like, oh, I hate the Batmobile. I'm like, it's not even that bad. It's very easy to be in the Batmobile. It's very easy to play it. And it adds a bit of fucking different gameplay from what you're playing the majority of the game as. And what you played the majority of the past two games... Three, if you want to include Arkham Origins. And that's kind of my same thing about Assassin's Creed. It's like, if you don't like the gameplay, that's fine. But you know what? It's something different on the fucking, technically, fifth or sixth entry of that franchise. Yeah, it was different, and I, I'll give it that. And like I said, 4 is fine. I don't have any problems with 4. I think 4 is very fun. It gets you right into the action, the double swords. No, I was, but I was mainly fucking with you. I get, I get why you would want to play the older ones. Um, yeah, um, I just love Ezio's story. I think it's, it's the strongest of all the Assassin's Creed games, and um, it's easy to play. However, I will say, I'm at the very beginning of the game, and I forget how much they don't give you. Like, being able to jump to the next ledge is such a big thing, and without that ability is, oh, God. You don't get that till Venice in Assassin's Creed 2 because that girl teaches you. Right. So, I mean, that's going to be a little bit later on. And then like some of the other things, I just have the single hidden blade right now and whatever. I'm working my way to getting everything I need. But um, for 20 bucks, I was like, I can justify this and like having it on my Switch. It's it's not bad, you know, and it's three games. It's Brotherhood and Revelations, too. And I love I love Brotherhood. I think it was such an underrated Assassin's Creed game. Oh, it was not underrated. That was a very popular game. I feel like they took away stuff like since that game. Oh, the thing is, like, I didn't like Revelations. I 
I think that was the first thing I really raged out about. Like, is that they my, like stripped you down, right? They like took things away. It that and it was just like I forgot exactly my arguing points because I literally haven't played it since it first came out. I don't think I'd be as critical on it now, but I will say that the Assassin's Creed games are like you know one through I think probably three. If three had a better remaster, I might my opinion may be different. But the remaster for three is fucking awful. Wow. Um, is that those games age terribly? Like you can say that in like any kind of context, like oh no, it's nostalgia. The story's good, stuff like that. But like gameplay wise, like oh, yeah, it's it's fucking bad. <laughs> like, but I feel like Brotherhood had the best gameplay, um, at least it in my did. memory. It did, but those Assassin's Creed games, even during the time when we were kids, still had so many moments of what the fuck? Why am I running straight? Then all of a sudden, I jump off the ledge. Like the parkour yeah, was fucking. It's always been shoddy, and it's only glared more nowadays compared to other products so you know where zelda ocarina of time whether you like it or not the graphics are dated but the actual combat still fairly holds up oh yeah and like, it's, exploration. It's crisp, but like but yeah, assassin's creed is my bad i keep talking over you oh yeah you're good but i'm just saying assassin's creed has not held up uh gameplay wise in my opinion the early assassin's creeds yeah no and uh, especially like assassin's creed one in particular um oh we don't talk about one <laughs> one but one is still good story it's not obviously. it's not do you not remember that for all the fucking there's no cut scenes you just awkwardly stand and walk around as a guy gives you bland dialogue and like the grayest like blue hinge setting possible <laughs> Yeah, it felt kind of like a like a tech preview, but it was still fun. Assassin's Creed 2 definitely rounded out that like missing story aspect that one was missing. Uh I actually I fairly like Unity. Yeah, quite I a bought bit. Unity on my PS4 for like 6 bucks a few months ago. Yeah, I uh I don't think I was ever on the train of hate for Unity. I think I was disappointed in it, but at the end of the day, the combat in this in the setting of France so nice it's really well done i think that's the most impressive assassin's creed visually like world wise because france is like one-to-one -one. it was a i remember that was a big deal at, at the time they're like this is all one-to-one -one. like buildings are larger and stuff like that and further apart and the parkour is you know has an up and downward feature and it's just a little bit more realistic and stuff like that which is a video game it's not going to be the most realistic in the world but it's it was done really well i just think it kind of fumbled a lot unfortunately and that it kind of led Ubisoft into a downslope where they kind of shot themselves in the foot because that because that game was not perfect or w as well polished on release. Ubisoft started getting a bad rap and then they just started cutting corners and then here they are canceling uh, that division, the Wild Ghost Recon Wildlands uh, after only two years. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know. It's it's one of those dead franchises, I think, for sure, but um, still a fun game. Assassin's Creed? Yeah, I would say Assassin's Creed 2 is still a fun game. Like, I'm I'm excited to play it. Well, well franchise-wise, and it being dead, I think it's not dead, because Valhalla, I think, sold pretty well. Oh, yeah, which true. Which is unfortunate. Unfortunate. Anyway. Uh, anyway, yeah. um, have, you, have you watched Moon Knight? No. I really don't have uh, so this is the Marvel fatigue thing once again. Uh I like Oscar Isaacs a lot. I love Ethan Hawke. Um 
Another reason I don't love Oscar Isaacs is because I've only seen him in three movies that I really like all three movies he's in. I, I literally like every movie he's in, but Ethan Hawke's just been around longer, so I, I had that love for him. Uh, so I, I think it has potential to be very, very good, but I just don't have any interest in watching it, honestly. Yeah, I got you. Um, it's a pretty good show. I watched it. Rose and I watched it last week. I haven't seen the second episode yet, but um, it's pretty good. I mean, Moon Knight's really interesting, interested me uh, for a long time because it's just a multiple personality kind of superhero situation. And that sounds, I from what I've seen in the trailers is that it seems fairly grand scale or, you know, typical Marvel scale for these things where like, I think having to deal with multiple personalities is kind of done much better in a much smaller, uh, much smaller scale, you know, much more. What's the word? Claustrophobic kind of scale. Because when when the when it's a situation of the mind and you have, you know, something you don't know what's going on, you kind of want that claustrophobicness of, you know, focusing on the character because there's so much happening in that single character's head. So when you get like, oh, I'm an international spy and I go here, we go to Venice or blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, that kind of that kind of it at that point it's more of a gimmick that he has multiple personalities. But then again, I've not seen the show. That's just over that's just the vibe I kind of get from what I've seen from the trailers. You're right. Um, it's more like the other personality side of him is more like a narrator and he just spends the whole time confused, which is warranted, I guess, you know, if somebody was suffering from that, then that's probably the reaction that they would have. But I feel like they could have worked a little more scary elements or themes into th- those feelings because Oscar Isaac is like a meek kind of shy dude who was very soft-spoken. So I think they could have really worked more fear, more anxiety, and more uncertainty. Like, I I felt like, yeah, he was scared of these situations, but it was the same reaction every time. Like, oh my God, what's going on? Every single time. They never, like, go into psyche or have him get to the point where he's, like, having a breakdown like any person would. Um but overall, it's handled pretty good. I would say it's it's um it's it's I'm gonna, it's, I'm gonna watch it more than I'll watch Halo probably. Well, the thing is, have you? Um, I, I'm pretty sure I talked to you about it, but have you ever watched the show Legion? No. I think it's on Hulu. I highly recommend you check it out because that is, in case you don't know, Legion is the son of Charles Xavier. Uh, and the From show X-Men. is centered. Yeah, from X-Men, Audrey Plaza's in it, and she's fantastic, as usual. And it's basically, this mutant has multiple personalities, once again, but each personality has a different mutant power, and he pretty much, it varies just from, like, absolutely insane to just nothing, basically. And so, they're in a psychiatric hospital from the beginning, and a lot of it is, is done in that kind of scale I was talking about. It's not always super small scale and sometimes other people are involved but for the most part it's much more internal debating internal stuff happening like there's a there's a version that lives inside of him that is like a terrifying monster and it does actually have like a kind of horror aspect to it a little bit it's it's super well done and it's super cheesy like at certain parts like they have a whole dance number and stuff like that it's a it's a good trip it really is and i highly recommend checking it out because after watching that that's why i'm kind of turned off by moon knight a little bit got it legion well i would say give moon knight a watch brother like it's definitely better than halo and (laughs) it's way more worth your time got it moon knight
Um, you got yeah, it feels like shit, me? don't it? Yeah, do. You got any topics for me? Uh, no, I mean, other than you blowing off my last topic. I'm kidding. I don't care. Um, Beach. Are we at the 30-minute mark? I can't tell. Oh, because yeah, we totally are because we started with 10 minutes of pre-roll. You are a fucking G, bro, right at the 15-second mark. So at this point, do you want to do it? Do you want to do the plug? I'm drinking water. Okay, cool. Um, guys, make sure to follow us. Go to www.theemptyglasspodcast.com. That's where you can find us on all our different social links, and you can listen to us on different apps other than just our live stream on Twitch, which does happen at this point on Thursdays. So... Keep an eye out, subscribe to our Twitch channel, go to www.theemptyglasspodcast.com and that's where you'll find, that's where you'll find us. Yeah. How was that? That was, mm, all B, right, six out of B 10. B minus, B minus. B minus, hey, okay, I'll take it, it's better than I thought. What are your, what is your, uh, what is your feelings on Nicolas Cage? How do you feel about him? Goofy dude. Do you like him? Is he like, is he a sell for you for movies? Um, in the Nicolas Cage way, yes. So I was on the boat that, you know, a few years back that I liked Nicolas Cage. I really did. I liked him. But he, people are always like, oh, you want to watch Nicolas Cage and go crazy and stuff like that. Like, I didn't really see him like that. I mean, there were movies where he did go crazy and I kind of found that fun. But I, I was never like, oh, yeah, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, blah. Awesome. I'm at that point now, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been on Nicolas Cage kick because I've been watching hey, some of his. On, hold on. I'm getting a call from 2012. They're asking for you. Oh. Hello? Hey, this is Stefan from 2012. Well, your voice does sound the same because you haven't hit puberty ever. What can I do for you, Stefan from 2012? Stefan from 2012 would like to let you know that he just crashed his car and, uh, yeah, Nicolas Cage is the best, bro. You should watch him freak out in all of his movies because that's what he does. Nicolas Cage. All right, I gotta well, go. I'll give you back to 2022, Stefan. Bye. Yeah, what's up? This is a dumb bit. <laughs> I'm back. This is uh, 2022 me. Well, first of all, he wasn't even doing the super ragey shit by 2000. Well, he was a little bit, but it was later that it kind of started kicking off. Anyway, uh, so I've been watching his recent movies like Mandy. Have you heard of Mandy? Mandy, Mandy. So good to me. No. It is a uh, drug trip heavy metal movie. It's fucking weird. I bought it on Blu-ray. I have a steel book of it. It's my only steel book Blu-ray that I have. Uh, and I fucking love it. It's so weird. It is a weird movie. Like they, It starts off with Nicolas Cage is with his like partner or girlfriend whatever. And she gets like a cult leader basically like sees her and falls in love with her and like wants to like have sex with her. So they get captured, uh, you know, fairly normal so far, but Oh wait, no, how they were captured was the LCD, the not LCD, the fucking cult leader summons these all leathered biker gang guys with like demon voices that were apparently mutated by heavy amounts of LSD and have like a knife boner dick that kills people and stuff like that. And then Nicholas Cage then proceeds, his girlfriend dies, and then he then proceeds to get a crossbow and a giant metal axe that he forged by his own hand uh, and goes on a drug trip scourge to find these people. It's fucking weird. I loved it. I've never seen a movie like it. 
So it's a win. And also, I watched another movie, Nicolas Cage, called uh, Pig. Did I tell you about Pig? I we feel like I did. We talked about that a few episodes back. We did. I like that movie a lot. I like it a lot. Check it out. But uh, no, nah, I just a boner dick knife. Yeah, you're like you I, even. That's all I got from that. Yeah, you even at one point see Nicholas Cage like walk around a corner and he sees a guy who's dead and his asshole has like knife wounds in it. No, are you serious? Not as not as not as like asshole per se. Like you just see like the kind of it, and it's like really it's a quick shot, but you see like just little cuts on like his his butt cheeks and stuff. What the hell? You're this is seriously a scene from the movie? You're not just fucking making this up? Yeah, I mean, you don't see it happen, but it's you see the like aftermath. It's not Gross. super. That particular thing is not super gory. Nasty. I thought it was very lovely, so whatever. <laughs> Got a very weird opinion of what lovely means. Well, but I, I, but I respect it. Um, I don't think you do. I think you think I'm a weird, dirty freak that likes you weird are. butt yep. stuff. Yep, that's exactly what I think. Moving on. Um, so hey, you can. But buy no, a, you can buy no, a, no. No, I'm not done. Would you watch a National Treasure 3 with Nicolas Cage returning? Yes. Okay, you may continue. All right, so Series X, you can buy now. Almost five months to the fucking day. I don't want it. Cool. But, I mean, just putting that out there, guys. Now you can finally buy one for a non-scalper price straight from Xbox. Yeah, but I don't want it. They did up the price by 50 bucks, though. But, Stefan. Yes? I don't want it. That's okay. Thank you for You're accepting welcome. me. I don't think I've seen PS5s, though, in rotation. Maybe so, but definitely never seen one in person other than yours and Jared's, like, obviously. But, I mean, like, I've which never gone... Jared, which mine was bought off a scalper while Jared's was given to him by the gods. So, like... Yeah, I, yeah that's very true. He got it launch day. But um, or his girlfriend, yeah, his saw girlfriend it. got it for him for his birthday yeah. on launch day. Um, but still, my point is, wow, you know, like I, I still haven't gone into a store and physically seen a Series X or a PS5. I've seen Series S's, but never a Series X or a, or a PS5. Crazy, yo! Crazy, crazy, crazy! So, hey, did you watch the South Park COVID shit yet, or no? No. Well, damn it, dude! You have to. You should watch it. I, I wonder what you, I, I want to know what you think about it. I don't wanna. I want to watch the so Sonic good, Two movie. I want to watch the Sonic Two. You want to watch Sonic Two? I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was okay with Sonic One, but it felt it felt so fucking goddamn like oh we're hitting every mark we're hitting every mark. What mark are those, Stefan? The LOL. You know, slowdown scene for Sonic, which was probably the coolest scene in the movie. I gotta say, um, but which like, one the the one where he's in the restaurant or the one yeah, where he's like, like on top of the, the building? Both of them were good, um, but I don't know. The you didn't like when he went like Super Saiyan Blue and then like that I was, honestly that was lit. Okay, that was I lit. honestly got like fucking goosebumps when that happened. I was like, yo, what? <laughs> that was lit. I don't know. I just I don't know how much I enjoy the cop guy and him. Cyclops. I don't know. Huh? Cyclops? No, the cop guy. Yeah, that was Cyclops. Oh, Cyclops, like from X Men. Yeah. Really, I didn't know that. Um, or I never put that together. But 
Man, that guy's typecasted like a motherfucker. He was in Hop like four years. Yeah, they give him one eye in every single thing he's in. (laughs) I know. But I was looking through, I was scrolling through Netflix and they have that movie Hop and it's like from 2011. Shit, motherfucker. I was like, is this literally Sonic? Like, it was showing the preview. Okay, I I never watched Sonic. I never watched Top, but I worked at the movie theater when that movie was first either announced or when it came out. And so when Sonic trailer came out, I'm like, shit's just basically hop. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. Um, but I. It was okay. The Sonic movie was okay. It, you, you told me it was like better than it deserved to be. It was about as good as I was expecting it to be, which is like. Because the thing is, is like, yes, he and his wife, the whole Earth aspect of he, Earth and humans aspect of Sonic was so unnecessary uh, or just, it was, it was just there. It was incredibly bland. So unfortunately when you get to the point that they're having the dialogue and shit like that, it's bland, but the Sonic aspect of the movie, even Jim Carrey as Robotnik, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I thought every bit of Sonic and the representation was so good. And Stefan, I am starving for a good representation of video games that like I I'm fucking bare minimum expectations here. Uh, I thought it was good. So I'm even more excited for the second one where they're going to dive deeper into the Sonic shit. I, yeah, they're going to finally, even, they're going to finally go on to the, to the chaos emeralds. I know they are. Chaos emeralds. You got knuckles played by the indomitably big dick Idris Elba. Uh, they got tails, miles, Prowess, miles, miles, miles Morales, not miles, Morales, miles Prower. That's it. That's his real name. Okay. I swear to God, I'm not a Sonic fan. I just remember that bit of information for some reason. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm excited to see more shit because I really did enjoy the first move and not like enjoy, like I've seen it multiple times. I enjoyed it enough, but I'm, I'm excited to, cause when I watched it, when I came out of the first Sonic movie, I was like, I could see the road that this can go down and it being legitimately good. I, I could see how they could blend this into the games naturally and it be better than the first movie. It was the first time ever that I was kind of excited to see a sequel because the potential for improvement was so there. And I'm hoping that this lives up to it. That doesn't mean I have high expectations. Like this, I can walk out of this movie thinking it's total fucking dog shit, but it just means there's, I have some hope just a little bit, That's just good. a dash it's better than no hope at all. So, I mean, which is usually your standpoint. So, Hey, yeah, Upgrade. but hey, you know what? I I haven't hated a movie in a long time because I haven't had any hope for it. And I've liked a lot of movies in the meantime because I didn't have any expectations for it. I think in the long run, having no expectations is better. Yeah, me too. Um, speaking of low <laughs> expectations, um, do you want do you want a 20 second or 30 second version of what's happened in Halo in the past two episodes? Um Sure, go for it. Master Chief has a buddy friend who's like, I'm going to leave, you know? And uh, he was like... You from Devil, right? Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to leave. And Master Chief's like, don't leave. And he's like, I'm going to leave. And he's like, well, later. And his arm was like all fucked up and stuff. And then so Master Chief and the girl that, you know, he saved in the first episode. And, you know... Yeah, right. They end up on some planet and he his friend... Sorry. His friend lives there and is like telling him everything and like uh, catching him up to speed. Meanwhile, the UNSC is like, we should punish Master Chief. We should not punish Master Chief. And so, uh, yeah, he uh, Master Chief goes back to the UNSC. That's literally all that happens. Also, wow. there's like a there's like a nude scene in it, and I'm like, okay, so you guys are really just trying to be like, we're edgy and are. Wait, boobles or dickles? Boobles. 
Boom. Who's boobles? Uh, the weird alien chick who talks uh, to the to the prophets. Oh, she's hot. On what's it called? <laughs> um, on high charity. The blonde, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's hot. I may have to watch that episode. <laughs> God, it's just like so fucking unnecessary. And then I don't know. I haven't seen episode three yet, so I can't. At least like I've just seen like a little bit of it. Like I saw a clip on YouTube, and it's like Cortana's talking to, to Master Chief, and he's like, "Go away." he's like disable or deactivate. And like, he's just like annoyed by her. And I'm like, this just isn't halo. This just isn't halo. I think we've talked about it before. Um, I I'm happy that majority wise, don't get me wrong. It's still out there, but compared to like the eighties majority wise nudity and the quote unquote necessary sex scenes in like action movies have died down a lot. Yeah. Do you remember like 90s movies, like all the James Bond films, like they had just a really uncomfortable part of them making out these two actors just making out, like pretending to have sex and everything like that. It's just like, and it's just like, why is this here? It, Every single so, James Bond movie, you mean? Yeah. And like, it's, it's so weird. It, like it, looking back at it now, it's so odd, but I'm like, you know, porn wasn't readily available. Like this is how people got it. But like, I'm glad that for the most part, they stopped doing that. Yeah. Like the, Except- the nudity in halo is in no, in no way sexual. She's just like, I guess it's to show her human side or whatever visually, but I'm just like, why it still just feels out of place. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like there's still a lot of it. And I think that probably had to do with game of Thrones. Cause after game of Thrones came out they're like, Ooh, nudity, like a lot of shows started doing it again, but this- now it's kind of dying down. That's what it feels like. Halo is definitely just like, hey, let's take pages from Game of Thrones. Let's make it gory and show tits. Yeah. That's what gamers um, like, right? Yeah, gamers like tits. They don't give a fuck about any of the Halo lore that you guys have established over the past six fucking six plus fucking games. Uh, they care mm-hmm. about gore and tits. You like gore. I'm okay with the gore. I'm totally cool with that. I mean, it was just surprising. I'm more like, I can tell that they're using it for shock value. They're using it for the shock factor so they can kill off important characters really gory and really fast and have it be like, oh my God, what happened to that guy? I was just seeing him and he was just alive. Everybody goes for the fucking, um, what's the, the, the departed type execution you know what i'm talking about from the departed the the like quick like quick death very it, fast, like no unexpected no no preface it no just telegraph happens. yeah it's, it feels very realistic in that way because that's how people actually do die but really? since that and game of thrones i feel like that's just the copy and paste that everybody goes for they're like how do we make it edgy i don't know quick deaths that are surprising of main characters that people care about well, I mean, this show is basically diet, like everything. It's like diet Mandalorian, diet fucking Game of Thrones. It's literally just trying to do it's. I feel the show is almost pathetic because it's trying so hard. It's definitely to vibe. get all to get all these like fucking, you know, it's got the Halo property. It's going with this vibe here, this vibe there. It's like it's trying so hard to be light. It's like the nerdy kid who dresses all in black one day to try to fit into the cool kids. It's like, dude. Just Chill. be yourself. Yeah, like, if get your was, own identity. I, I wish I lived in the universe where Halo was gonna just be itself. You know. Well, it, you're never going to. So get over it. Uh, I hope one day we get like a movie to fucking fix this or something. I would. I, I would, would appreciate not. it personally, and if it just was a lot more classy. Well, speaking of gore, um, I was. I watched a movie. I want you back today. <laughs> Is that a gory movie? I don't know. Not at all. No, it is a. 
rom-com starling, starring uh, Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, uh, Clint Eastwood's kid, Scott Eastwood, I believe is, yeah, Scott Eastwood, and uh, Jenny Slate. And uh, it's basically about uh, Charlie Day and, Ch- and Jenny Slate are two different people who are in their own separate relationships, and then both their relationships end with the other partners wanting to do different things. They end up meeting and consoling each other and then come up with the idea of, hey, why don't we break each other's partners up so they like crisscross over to each other's I, partners? I, I've seen that movie. I watched it. I, I, I know. I've seen that movie. Oh, really? Yeah. It, that's it recently came like out. They, it was on Amazon. They end, up, they end up like on a yacht at the end or something, or it's like a wedding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That and one. it's like super awkward because they figure out that it was all like a ploy. But then Jenny Slate and what's his name end Char- up together. Charlie Day. Yeah. I've, I've definitely seen that movie. Well, spoilers. Jesus Christ, Stefan. Yeah, spoilers some, for a some people haven't seen movie. It. No, I'm just kidding. For like an eight-year-old movie. It's not even that. What the fuck are you talking about? It's when not did that it come old. out? Like recent. 2021. Yeah, it came out last year. Oh, okay. Well, spoilers for Oops. Do the Right Thing. Whoops. I didn't know that. If it vibe it's, like a 2015 movie or something. Or I want you back. What did I say? Uh, Do the Right Thing. Do the Right Thing. That's a, that's a good movie. probably a better title. That's probably a better title, honestly. Yeah, but there's already a movie called Do the Right Thing, and it's a good movie, so. Um, yeah, so I watched a movie for the first time today, and uh, God, what a... There, there were moments. It was so weird, because there were legitimate moments in that movie where I'm like, okay, they're doing something unique, but then they fall right back into generic as fuck, and I'm like, yeah, that sucks. That's my exact they- feelings of it, too. And like, because I I think there was room for, you know, an interesting take to happen. Like, you know, and I think this goes for me watching Always Sunny. Like I've seen every episode of Always Sunny now is that Charlie Day can pull off like a kind of satirical twist on a character. Like, because the whole idea of doing of breaking up your partners, whatever, is a shitty thing. And people in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia are shitty people. So I'm like, I could definitely see like where certain jokes could have still worked with the plot and the like each step they were going with. It just could have been funnier. And it wasn't. And I was just like yeah. they they really did push the envelope on the stereotyping and the usual shit that happens from a movie where you're breaking a relationship up. And they're they really didn't have too much of a romance. There was honestly more of a romance between Charlie Day and uh, Scott Eastwood. The bromance between them. Yeah. Like, I was actually, like, bummed out when the came revealed because Scott Eastwood punches him in, in the face, right, for so because he tried to break him up with his fiance. And then uh, there's no healing from that, which, you know what? Fair. I would. I don't think that you could repair that kind of thing. But it's just like, I was like, oh, it, I didn't hate it. It was just a very nothing movie. Yeah, uh, nothing's. Nothing. Nothing could ever be what if, which was probably my most recent favorite rom-com that I watched. I really enjoyed what if with uh, Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano's wife. I don't think I've seen that one. It's really good. Uh, Adam driver's also in it and he's hilarious. Come from, from like where he's, yes, yes. Like like, I just had sex and I'm about to eat nachos. Yeah, That one. And then also like the good soup one too, right? Where he's like good soup. I don't think that's from the movie or it might might be. Yeah, I think it might be. I've seen the movie like three times and uh, great. Now I'm going to have to watch it again. You know, I just got my vanilla gelato. I'm going to put a blanket over me and put on what if for the third time and eat my gelato and cry. It's fine. That's right. I'm not even lying. I literally, uh, not the crying part, but I did have like a vanilla gelato last night when I was watching the, uh, the rom-com and I was like, Oh, you know what? And on top of that, I got a, uh, I got a, I forgot what it's called. Like a facial, 
thing, like where they do a like mask? the chemical. Br- a mask. Not a mask, but like it was a burn. Because I actually, I went to a girl to get my hair cut and she's like, hey, you have some acne. I can help you out and do a chemical wash for your face. I'm like, okay. So yeah, I got my I got my face done yesterday. Got my hair done yesterday and then treated myself to some vanilla gelato, uh, which she gave me. <laughs> hey, by the way, <laughs> if you want to know how I keep acne from happening on my face, um, I can text this to you later. But I use you, I use Garnier toner. On the spot. Yeah, on the spot. I use this stuff called on the spot. That's like the main thing I use because what it does is it dries out that pimple so fast. It's more for like when you do have a pimple and it's forming, even if it's like not doesn't have a head yet and it hasn't formed. That's when I use the on the spot. But well, the thing I'll, is- use, I'll use Rose's toner and clean my face first. And then I will uh, I'll put on the spot like in the in the certain spots I need it. And then for the rest of my face, I'll just I'll just make sure it's moisturized. And that's pretty much how I keep like I just use like Lubriderm without like scents or any additives or, you know, just use like a, a clean lotion that doesn't have any smell or additives. Have you have you done the wash I was talking about? No, I don't really like the chemical peel type stuff. Um, I know Arya does it because she's a hairdresser. So like she went to cosmetology school and had to learn how to do everything. But um, she told me that, like, you know, if you get your face accustomed to chemical washes too much and you don't just have your own daily routine, which is just basically keeping your face clean and hydrated, that's really the two steps that you really just need. Um, the chemical peel or the chemical wash can end up, like, burning you or even, like, getting your skin too accustomed to it to where it won't clear up unless you use the chemical wash. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, uh, it was interesting experience like i don't plan on doing it like really often or anything like that it was yeah, just like, kind of like a haircut that's cool you know that's probably the time to do it no right like and i get a haircut like four or five weeks like whatever uh and it was just a situation of like i was talking to my hairdresser as i do and i was like oh yeah my i've been getting acne and stuff like that and she's like would you like a free chemical watch thing i was like you said free fuck yeah let's do it and i wonder if uh, she used like witch hazel or what i don't know she used two different kinds i don't i don't know but it it burned and i was like this is fun i like the this kind of burns um well it's it's a chemical burn literally i think whatever product you use Stephen. yeah yeah because that's the point that's what it's supposed to do it's supposed to stimulate kind of a burn uh speaking of burn is, uh speaking of burn uh have you burned have you been burned by your car thing yet what car thing? Your Spotify oh. car thing. Oh, the car. Th- God damn it. <laughs> no, I have not been. Why? Is that well, a thing? No, people aren't being burned by it, but Android users sure are because um, they just actually released an update to where you can do a lot of the stuff on your phone. Like you can see text messages when they come in if you want that, or you can answer and decline phone calls like straight from the car thing. But they have not put that out for Android users yet. And I don't Oh, know, they I have it for Apple. Yeah, everything for fucking Apple first, I guess. Well, you... Because, okay, you said Android had these features, but then Android users got burned. You didn't, right? Oh, Android yeah, users I'm, I'm got you. burned. Yeah, yeah. My bad. Apple users got these features, but definitely not. Got that it. Okay, I'm with you. Um, well, the thing is, uh, I don't really care because my I have a updated car that already has those features. Like I receive calls and stuff like that, so it's it's really not a big deal for me. So, yeah, like I, I I press the answer button. But the thing is, I got the car thing because I was sick of looking at my phone to try to find a song because I did the USB for my phone, the auto Android, whatever, doesn't work super well. Um, 
And then I just wanted a a voice modulator without having to bring not voice modulator, but a voice search without having to pull my phone out of my pocket. Like I wanted to just keep my phone in my pocket and did not want it to exit at any point when I'm driving. And so I had the calls and stuff situated. I don't give a shit about text. This, I mean, you know me, like whenever I try to reach you, I'll try to call you. Then you don't answer and you text me. So my first go-to option is to try to call because I don't like texting really. Um, yeah. And you already have like the hands-free buttons on your steering wheel and stuff. Yeah. So for me, the car thing just hit the little extra nuanced shit that I needed. So I'm perfectly fine. I wanted one really bad and I signed up to be part of like the first people who get them, like the, the tester group where you get one for free. And those fuckers never got back to me. It makes me pissed off. Like I pay for a Spotify family plan and I've had Spotify for a long time and it, it made me mad. I'm like, I'm not going to pay 80 bucks for that. Maybe 40 or maybe 60. It's 80. I know. Or I'm not going to it's it's eighty. It's seventy nine ninety nine. I'm not gonna buy it right now. But it would be cool for Rose because she's got an old car. Um, and then I definitely my car is newer, but it definitely doesn't have any sort of a screen on it. So it would be nice for me too in the Mazda. But I mean, overall, it's just too expensive right now. And I mean, the functionality is cool. I'm glad that they're expanding on it. But like, come on, they gotta definitely get on the game for the Android users because there's so many Android users. I feel bad for y'all. Don't pity us. <laughs> I pity the fuck. We, we out don't. Of all. We don't need your fucking pity, Mister. Mister. You know. You know what you are. You know what Apple users are. You guys are the Johnny Depp, Willy Wonka, and the Chocolate Factory. While we're the fucking, we're the Gene Wilder, Charlie and Chocolate Factory. You guys are all just product made. You're all the same colors and the same fucking squares. While we're creativity, we're imagination. No, I agree with that for sure. I wish and I wish Android and Apple would just fuck already. No, I don't because I don't want Apple's corporate bullshit. Uh, you know what? I kind of the only I'm, thing I'm, I that want, was a joke. The only thing I want is iMessage on Android. I would be on an Android if iMessage was there because I don't get it. Like I here's seriously, why? Here's why. This is the reason why for me. So Apple almost got sued, um, and fucking. Totally like they almost dismantled iMessage as a system entirely back in 2012 because people were realizing like, wait, they are superseding SMS. SMS doesn't allow for like high resolution attachments, right? Like whether that be pictures or videos, it doesn't allow for sending audio or whatever in its raw format because it's using the network towers that you use to talk on the phone with to send large attachments and it just doesn't work. It's like trying to send a big email with a big file. It just won't happen. They'll say, Hey, put it up on Google drive and then send the link. So what happened was Apple almost got sued out of making iMessage in general because the, the, the consensus was that Apple's superseding the technology that's already available. And they're making something that is a priority lock where if you get into this ecosystem, you're not getting out. And they almost lost. They almost lost. And I'm wondering what the world might have been like if they did lose because then SMS would have evolved alongside 5G and all the shit we have now, right? And we'd probably have something similar to iMessage. It might have taken a little bit longer, but everyone would have it. And so for me as an editor, when I'm working on temp versions of something and I want to send something to my client really quick... Um, I want to make sure that it's the best looking possible, or if I'm going to send them an audio file or God forbid, I'm going to text them from my laptop. That's all shit. That's impossible to do with an Android. Um, okay. I get it. Stop enunciating at me. 
<laughs> it's just so sad. I'm like, when are we going to finally like come together? Because Androids now work with FaceTime. That is a new thing right now. Like I could FaceTime you and you, you would get a link and then we would be able to FaceTime. So really? I, yes, really. It, it's really a thing. Wow. Is that crazy? So the future, the future. So hopefully iMessage comes up soon because if it does, I almost bought a Samsung flip three. Why? I you won't it. buy a new TV, but you'll waste your money on that stupid shit. <laughs> I liked it. I liked the way that the flip looked and I went and demoed it like in the store and like the crease didn't really bother me. And I thought it was just a beautiful phone. Like I, I if there was a foldable iPhone, I would go for it because I'm, I'm going to I like the quirky weird shit sometimes. So, OK, it's it's funny you say that because I was going to mention something about this before you told me about the SMS thing, which I agree with you. There's a valid reason for one to stick with iPhone. I validate you, Stefan. Thank you. Um, it's actually funny. I came across a girl's dating profile recently where she's like, it's probably not going to work out. Honestly, if you have an Android because I hate seeing the like blue bubbles or whatever the fuck the green, it was. And green that, bubbles. Green bubbles. I'm like, that's the most shallow fucking just like, shut up, you dumb person. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so what I was going to say is I was thinking in my head the other day, as I tend to do, uh, I was because I was watching like a YouTube video where they were talking about Apple and it's like, you know, wait, wait, Apple's wait, wait. So all thinking with your brain. I was, yes. And uh, they were saying, like, you know, Apple's products are all, like, mass-produced. Like, they're just generically the same and stuff like that. And I was thinking in my head, like, if I had the choice between a brick, the the modernized, like, the simple, the overly simplified modern thing. I'm using quotations right now because that's Apple's thing is they want the minimal, the minimal design. That's it. If I had a choice between that and this weird fucking giant square concoction that has, like, a dial on it, a fucking things sticking out of it, like antenna and shit like that. And like, I had to like twist and turn things in order to get it working. That honestly sounds more appealing. That sounds more futuristic. And that sounds like the thing I'm like, I want to like, this has personality. This is just a fucking black mirror, but not the show. Yeah. Cause that, cause that fell off, but you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like there's, yeah. there's something like, like maybe for a single generation, a black square is interesting, but like, it's not interesting anymore. And I, and I think this, you know, typically the people are saying like, oh, that's not a valid context. We go off of technology. I'm like, Apple is a brand. They have, they have made that very apparent that their most important thing to them is their fashion and their brand. So in this, in this kind of context, I think my point is valid of that, that fashion, that fashion choice is not my fashion choice that I want at all. I want something a little bit more innovative. Right, or customizable, because you don't have any customizable options with an iPhone. Um, it's I different. Will give it, you... I will give it to iPhone with their cameras. I still think they have better cameras until we go into something better. Because Roberto, our friend Roberto, um, approached me not too long ago, and he says, you know, hey, I got an iPhone 12 Pro, and I'm thinking Wait, about... Wait, Stefan, huh. you're approached? I was approached. And, Are you okay? Uh, I'm okay. And uh, right, he, he was like... Hey, you know, I have an iPhone 12 Pro. Should I get the iPhone 13 Pro? And I was just like, no. And he said, why? The camera looks so much better and all this shit. And I said, it's really not that much better. It really isn't. Um, until we get to the day where you can fit a one inch sensor into a phone camera, we won't be able to get like Nikon or Canon quality images ever. So, I mean, they both they both need to come up to speed in certain places, but you wouldn't go wrong with getting like an S21 over a uh, an iPhone 13. I almost it's, did. I almost did the flip 
solely because of like what you're saying. It was a stylistic choice that Samsung made to go with a foldable phone. And to me, it felt like a a blast from the past while also retaining modern functionality. And that's what's really fun. It got, definitely and hit that nostalgia. Futuristic. Yeah, futuristic. It was all three. It was all three of those. It was nostalgic. It was futuristic, and it, it seemed and it's highly functional. So I really wanted it. Um, the only reason why I ended up not doing it is because they couldn't do the upgrade I wanted. How I wanted to do it at Best Buy, I wanted to keep the phone I had, which was an iPhone 12 Mini, and put this payment plan on an open line and just pay for both phones. You know, but um, so if I ever wanted to switch to my iPhone, I could or whatever. Uh, that's just not how it ended up working out. And then when the 13s came out, AT&T was like, you trade in your fucking iPhone 12 mini, we'll literally give you a free iPhone 13. Like you don't have to pay for it. And so that's what I ended up, or 13 pro. And so that's what I ended up doing. Um, and I don't regret that decision. I do have a little like hairline crack on my screen. I don't know where it came from, probably from all the renovations we did at Rose's property over the past few weeks. But um, I'm going to, whoa, I just knocked my phone over actually right now. You probably heard it. Um, but I'm actually going to take it to the Apple store and see if they'll fix it because um, in their warranty information, if you have a hairline crack, it's considered a warranty replacement. So I won't have to pay for it. Stefan, I didn't hear your phone fall, but you know what I uh, did hear? What'd you hear? The sound of you not saying bless you after my sneeze. Oh, fuck. Well, dude, you got to go to you got to go to push to talk because I sneeze and cough. I've been sneezing and coughing this whole fucking episode. But since I'm on push to talk, you, you haven't heard a thing. Well, did you hear me sneeze? I don't think so. I think it was too oh, wrapped up it in may my have been, head. You know what? It may have been too loud, honestly, because I, right. I, it was a very incredibly loud sneeze that I played up a little bit. Oh, wow. It was probably too um, loud. I can't believe I didn't hear it. I really didn't. I can't wait to go back and listen to this episode and be like, oh, fuck, there's a sneeze. But oh, uh, it's it's funny because when you were saying, you know, Buddy Roberto came up to you and was like, should I get the iPhone 13? And you said no. And he's like, why? And just, I would love, and I think I'm the type of person that does do this in the sense of like, if someone asks my opinion and they say why, I'm like, because I fucking said so. Like, I did you want to? So, bro, don't yeah, did you want to? <laughs> you want my opinion, or do you want to just like hear yourself talk in an argument? <laughs> like, it's just one of those situations. I'm like, oh, it's such a natural God. human response to be like that. Like, yeah. absolutely. No, and I, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I will intentionally do that, and that's just conversation. That's just how conversation is. You usually, already have your opinion, and you're not gonna be moved, but you still just want to talk about it. That's, right. I mean, that's what this whole fucking podcast is basically. Pretty much. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. But We're yeah, two he, very different people that argue about shit all the time, and usually we do not come out with a different mindset. <laughs> nah, usually not. Uh, we're pretty. We have our foot fir- feet firmly pr- planted on the ground. I can't talk right now. Yeah, Sonic is the best movie ever. End nope. of story. Okay, so see, uh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. So no, Roberto agreed with me. He was like, "Yeah, I'm just going to keep my iPhone 12 or whatever." Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm so sad that we still feel stagnated in that form of like. Look, Samsung already makes all of the screens for the iPhones and people are already saying they're going to do a flip, an iPhone flip like next year or the year after um, because they're going to be used. They use Samsung screens with the same screen that's on like your phone or like Caden's Galaxy S21 is the same screen that's on my iPhone 13 Pro. So I would like to see if they're going to actually work with Samsung in a hardware type of um, fashion, which they have been since like the iPhone 6 already. So that's what, 10 years almost? I really think that they should go ahead and move on to making it more 
connective with an Android phone. Like if I have iMessage, I should be able to send you an iMessage. I should be able to send you a video without having to upload it to Dropbox first and then copy the link and then send you the Dropbox link because I know that if I try to text you this video, it's going to come across at 144p and look like a toaster shot it. Well, you know what I think? I think all the people at home should like this episode and they should follow us at the Empty Glass Podcast. We actually still have another five minutes because we had 10 minutes of pre-roll. And if you follow us at the end of glass, dot glass, <laughs> com past, uh, you can see our Patreon of us uh, flating each other. Yep. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, um, we also will soon be coming out with an OnlyFans for the Codcast Menti Glass, uh, in which Stefan will be wearing a, a single empty glass <laughs> over his schlong. So it will not be an empty glass at that point. But it, it will be a very hairy one because Stefan doesn't shave. You know too much about me. Anyways, um, so I'm going to a couple concerts this year for the first time since ever. I, the last time I went to a concert was, I want to say it was Incubus, like back in 2011. It's the last time I went to like a big concert. Oh, what concerts are you seeing? I'm seeing Matt- Josie and the Pussycats? Yes. Both, uh, both Josie, and then later on the Pussycats. Oh, they, damn! They fell off. Anyway, no, you're so gonna I'm see Matt Costa. Um, no, so I'm seeing three. There's three concerts I'm going to this year. Uh, well, actually, maybe four, and two of them aren't really concerts. But I'll get to that. Speak them with your words, my dude. All right. So the first one I'm going to is in May, and uh, it's in Austin, and it's a Matt Costa and Seawolf concert. I said that. I said Matt Costa. Did you really? I did. I said Matt Costa. No way. Yeah. So that's the first one I'm going to is Matt Costa and Seawolf. That's going to be in Austin. And then the it's because you said I- Matt. You said Matt when I cut you off. So I was like Matt Costa, and then Matt like Costa. I guess you didn't hear it. Yeah, uh, no, I didn't hear it. So yeah, it is Matt Costa, in fact, and Seawolf. And then the next one I'm going to go to is uh, I believe the next one is going to be Trixie Mattel and uh, Katya from Uh. I don't know if you've ever seen that before. No. Wow. You, you should watch it. It's really good. Um, they're watch both, what? It's called Uh, like you with a bunch of H's. And it's it's a little, it's pretty raunchy. It's two, um, it's two drag queens. And they usually do the episodes like in full drag. And their editor is like oh. the best editor of all time. I've seen clips of this. Their okay. editor is like the best editor of all time. And their stories are funny. And uh, Trixie Mattel actually plays music and does like covers which are which have been great covers they're usually country music type oriented like slower versions of pop songs but they're great so that's uh, cool seeing them at the majestic theater and then um i want to try to see weird al because weird al is coming back i really want to try to see weird al again um and finally incubus and sublime with rome in austin in august sometime Cool. Yeah. Uh, I I hope all that works out for you. Uh, you go to any of them? Sure, I'd be dumb. You should definitely try to look at the tickets at least for like Matt Costa and stuff because they're like ten bucks. I was bummed because uh, the last concert I wanted to go to um, that I ended up not going to because it was too close to my New York trip and I wanted to save some money, even though the tickets probably would have been dirt cheap because it was a kind of a guy who's not really super popular. He's just kind of up and coming. Uh, Andres, which I've mentioned before, I mentioned 
I think I mentioned before on the podcast, but I definitely made you watch a few of his music videos. I love Stephen. that guy. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, I five fucking full blown into that guy. Like all like at the time I was a fan, but now I'm like, well, no, at the time I liked his music, but now I'm a fan. Like I've listened to like all of his albums and I, I, uh, I certainly would have liked to see him live. So I hope he will come back eventually. Cause I think he was also touring with another band called I met a Yeti, which is another band I really like, but they have, they don't even have like a full album. It's just an EP. So just really kind of underground shit. People, you know, people that haven't kicked off, uh, in my opinion, as much as they should have yet. But so those are the only concerts I was looking forward to. Other than that, for the rest of the year, I have no other concerts that I'm that I have my eye on whatsoever. I'm not I'm not a big concert guy just because like usually with loud noises, I'm not super great with them because my ears are delicate, sensitive. I have sensitive nipples, Uh, ears. No. Um, Well, okay, cool. Um. I hope you get to see some more concerts, man. And you should definitely try to come out with us on one of those. I don't know which one sounds interesting to you. Um, but None of them. Nice. Just kidding. No, they they all sound interesting. I'll have to. I, I've never seen Incubus live. I saw Young the Giant live, and I that was a fucking badass concert. Uh, Young the um, Giant actually. Fun fact: Young the Giant opened for Incubus at the concert I went to in 2011, and nobody knew who they were. Yes. Yes. And Samir, the lead singer, because I was right at the front at the railings, just like fucking vibing to uh, uh, what I'm, I'm trying to think. Cough they syrup. Played, right. They played cough syrup. They played islands. They played apartment. They played Walker. Uh, no, they played the main one my body. And like after oh, my God. body, because like some people were vibing it, but like m- most everybody was just waiting for Incubus. Like at the end of the song, my Matt, I'm not kidding. At the end of the song, they would get like they would get this Max. Um, like that was it it was so sad um so when i was like vibing really hard to my body samir the lead singer noticed me and he's like you in the red shirt you're fucking awesome i'll never forget that that's cool uh i am not the biggest fan of their albums after uh mind over matter mind over matter because their first album incredible second album also incredible different a little bit just a little bit of a different sound but Enough that I still appreciate both albums, and I saw their concert after they came out their second album. And it was fucking badass. Like I, I love that concert so much. It was great. Uh, Samir sounded like just perfect. He sounded just like his recordings and everything. Like no, it didn't sound like there was any kind of adjustment to his voice. And then, uh, so it kind of sucked because I would like to see them again, but I don't. I'm not a huge fan of their other songs after that. I like Heat of the Summer. That came out like a year or two ago. It's a great song. They're not bad. They're not bad songs whatsoever, but they did get a little bit more generic for me. Like their first two albums, like every song kind of had something to it, just had a little bit of different flavor. And then after that, the rest of the songs kind of started to sound the same a little bit, which, you know, if, if you're into that genre of music, it, each song probably sounds completely different, but with me kind of having left that genre a little bit, um, it, it kind of sounded, it started to sound the same. So, that's where the that's where the, I guess the nuance aspect of it comes into play. Well, maybe you would enjoy going out with us to the Incubus concert. Then uh, think about it. Um, you can look it up. I think the tickets were like fifty bucks for that. That's too much money. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'll I'll look into. it. I'll see what's up. Uh, last concert I saw was Foreigner. Never heard of him. Bullshit. No. No, you've absolutely heard of him. They're an older band. Called what? Foreigner. They did the jukebox hero song. Oh, okay, the, for sure. I be a jukebox hero. Yeah, 
box hero. Like yeah, okay. star, you didn't saw them. That's cool. Yeah, uh, I invited you to go. Remember, but you, you, right. you didn't want to go. That's right. And they also did. I want to know what love is. That's right. Yeah, because my mom got them for me for Christmas, and literally none of my friends wanted to go because everyone was like, "Who the fuck is foreigner?" <laughs> no one, no one appreciated the classics. Yeah. And uh, eventually, I was just like, "Well." If no one's going with me, I'm taking my mom because she's bought me the tickets, so she's going to come with me, and uh, we enjoyed it, and it was a lot of That's fun. That's awesome. Well, as a last yeah. uh, talking point, I don't know if you're down for any more topics or if you do you think we should wrap up. Uh, fuck it. Last topic I have is, um, so I've been playing a lot of VR recently, like Beat Saber and... Um, Great. And that's shit. been our episode of the Empty Glass. Yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. How do you think... I want to... Th- get your thoughts on how you think we can improve VR. Like, do you think it's going to go to more of a lower profile wearing sunglasses type ordeal? Or what do you think is the next step? Well, Stefan, as a internationally recognized game and software designer, yes, um, I think the next step for VR would be uh, implementing little mini projectors into the, the walls and ceilings of every person's home. So that way, when they turn on the VR, you're literally surrounded by cameras and you're attracted at all moments. Um, but with that joke to the side, I actually do think implementing something like the connect where it's a full room motion capturing software combined with the headset and the controllers would create a much more reliable VR experience where not only can you move and everything is tracked, um, but also potentially could lead to more wireless aspects. So I, cause I, I do think VR wireless is thousands of times better than VR with a wire, no matter how you have your wire hanged or anything like that. It is such a pain in the ass dealing with a wire and it takes you out of your immersion too. Yeah. I feel like they've made the goggles better. I definitely want to, I still want to pick up an Oculus quest too at some point, but I think they've made the goggles better. And it's funny you say that because that is actually what the technology is starting to lean towards is they're actually looking back at the Xbox One Connect, not the 360, but the One actually had a lot more of a reliable tracking and infrared system in it. So that's what um, VR developers are actually looking at. So it's crazy you you mentioned that. Well, I mean, the technology exists. And the thing is, because the Connect by itself is not reliable. But if you have the dual inputs going in, uh, and, you know, if you have multiple one of those placed around your room, uh, then it's great. And then also uh, just the universal, what's it, uh, the re- universal treadmill, you know, what that is no. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. So it's like it's like a little it's like a, if I'm not mistaken, it's like a little platform where you can kind of walk and run in any direction without actually physically walking or running. Yeah, find a way to, you know, streamline that to so it's not like a billion dollars. And uh, if that's included with every bit of VR, like gamers are going to be fit as fuck. You know, we'll be able to go back into the draft because we won't be little Nancy boys anymore. <laughs> and uh, I honestly like if VR had a, a ability for me to run everywhere in the games, I would do that a lot because that sounds like a lot of fun, honestly. And it's just a higher immersion and shit. Why not? Yeah. Totally. I, I feel like, be like ready something. player one. Yeah. I really think that's what it's missing. Um, and it's only just a matter of time before. Cause like you met, like I mentioned, um, you know, they're working towards getting that infrared technology implemented with VR. So 
I think eventually what we'll see is like an Oculus Go, at least in its first iteration or so, like an Oculus Go, Go 4 or 5 or what the fuck ever, have a little camera that also connects to it so it can like track you in the room. And then from there, it just gets better and better. With that said, though, uh, if VR wants to really improve, it needs to be in better fucking hands because yeah, Facebook can't be in control of it. Facebook anymore. cannot be in control of it. And like Sony is doing Sony's making some moves. And uh, Valve made a big move, but then kind of got a little stagnant. Like with everyone's the, with kinda, the HTC Vive. Yeah, everyone's playing it. No, no, no. The Valve Index. Oh, right, right, right. I forgot that even exists. Right, because they made a big move with making that, and I heard it's a great thing, and it runs the Alex game really well. But aside from that, there, there hasn't been any other games. Uh, for it, yeah, spearheaded games. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's like not only is it a lot of money to produce that, but like a lot of game developers, it it islands them from whatever current progress they have in their game studio. Like it, it takes a lot of time to really get that mainstream. Have you played um, Half Life, Alex? Yeah, the thing is, I've never been a big Half-Life fan, really. So it's just like one of those games I like played for a minute. I was like, okay. And I had the Quest hooked up to my PC, so like it wasn't running super great. But I was like, okay, cool. And then just yeah. unplugged it. Caden, Caden and I were taking turns on it. Um, but, I, you know, we haven't played it in forever. And I'll probably just pick it up and beat it at some point. But it was, it was fun. Yeah, but what I was going to say is um, that as long... Because... Facebook trying to, and it is a meta, whatever. No, it's Facebook. Facebook meta. trying to make the meta and make like a second life out of VR is the wrong fucking way to go because, yes, there are a lot of people that like to be social in VR landscape or like on a virtual landscape and stuff like that. There is a market for that, but it is never, uh, this is going to be a thing where I'm probably going to sound dated. I don't think it will ever get to the point where the mass majority would rather be social on a VR headset rather than just go out in real life, especially. Well, the thing is, especially with our generation or not our generation, but especially with a lot of people where they're like, they put effort into this very health conscious generation. You know, they put effort into the body. They put effort into working out, you know, putting on their makeup, like, you know, guys, you know, having the perfect stubble. There's so many superficial people that put their time and effort into that physical representation that the idea of, Throwing that all away to put yourself in a VR headset is probably uh, not a selling point for them. Right. People want to show off. I mean, fuck, I've lost weight and I like going out to show off. I may be going to the Pearl this weekend for Fiesta, which sounds like a fucking awful idea. But why not? Nice, man. Yeah, I, I, I don't know when it will come, but I agree. Meta needs to get out of the VR, like being the proprietary VR distributing because it's, they own Oculus and like most people have an Oculus because it's the most consumerized version of VR um, outside of course, getting like a PSVR and not that many people go for the HTC Vive because it runs almost a thousand, but it tracks you better. It tracks your hands better, it tracks your legs and feet, which is something that the Oculus obviously doesn't do. Um, so I'll give them that. But Matt, they're going to have San Andreas in VR. How can you not oh, be excited God. for that? Oh, God. Fucking almost okay, so 20 year old game in VR, dude. Come on. Oculus is at the fucking forefront of VR technology and popularity. Like if anyone can make a move on bettering VR, it is Oculus. But with Meta and fucking Facebook, with Facebook existing, it is a Mark, blockade. Mark Zuckerberg. Mark, Z Mark, 
Kuckerberg. Yeah, with him around. Cuckoo. It's a fucking blockade. That Cuckoo. shit is that shit is gonna be fucking an obstacle in VR for way longer than it should be. Agreed. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, we just need we need something better. And it makes me not want to buy an Oculus Go too, but then when I get on the rift, I'm like, I really want an Oculus Go too. Quest. Oh, Quest. I'm sorry. And then also earlier you said the HTC Vive when you obviously meant the uh, Valve Index once again when you said $1,000. Oh, it's well, fine. Uh, but no, the, I'm, when I was talking about the Vive this time and how Wrong. it tracks your feet and your hands better than Wrong. all of them, that's true. Wrong. Really? You're wrong. Is it the Vive that's, or it's, is it the, I, I can't, there's too many. Is it the index that's better? Hey, Stefan. Hey, bro. I'm sorry. I have to give you the news. You're canceled. Oh, all right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning into the last episode of the Empty Glass podcast Ever. before Stephen got canceled. Uh, you're canceled, Stephen. You can't say anything. So if you'd like to follow us more, you can do so at www.theemptyglasspodcast.com, uh, where you see all of our links to Spotify. You see all our links to other podcast areas. And you can always join us typically on Thursdays in the Twitch chat uh, where you can comment and we can make fun of you. Anyway. Uh, that's about it. Uh, Stefan is once again canceled from the internet. All, his uh, properties should be being seized right now. I'm, I, I did get a text hey, from him. no, don't take my fucking couch. What do you think you're doing here? Uh, yeah, also I know got I was a- canceled on the episode. I don't give a fuck. No, I don't even know who you are. You get out of my house, bro. No, you can't take the fucking TV too. Hey, I swear. Hilarious.